You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how to live a life you don't need to retire from and earning seven figures through mission-driven entrepreneurship with Glow Atanmo. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. If you're not aware, you are now a journeyer. That means you are on the journey with me to reach financial freedom and financial independence. So buckle up. We are about to launch. I'm excited for you to hear this week's conversation with my guest, Go Atanmo, who is a creative entrepreneur and online educator. She's been to over 80 countries across six continents, telling stories about the destinations around the world. She's been in multiple media outlets like Forbes, Oprah Magazine. She's the host of the Glow Show podcast and the founder of the Social Educators Academy, where she helps people leverage their social platforms to make a difference and make a living. And I'm really excited for you to have this conversation with Glow because she tells her story of barely having anything in the bank, like literally dollars to now having a seven-figure business, being able to turn down opportunities, five-figure opportunities, so she can really just live a life and create content and serve in a way that feels good for her. And I know this will bless some of you right now listening to this who need this kind of fuel and inspiration. One of the things I really love about our conversation, it just showing you that while I know I talk about financial independence and financial freedom and not needing to work, the ultimate goal is to live a life now where you don't necessarily need the money, where it doesn't feel like work because you are living and giving in your strengths and talents and gifts while making money if you want to. So I know you're going to love this conversation. I can't wait for you to get into it. And if you are enjoying the conversation, make sure you are taking a screenshot and you're tagging me and Glow on Instagram. Write your biggest takeaway, share it on your social media. Glow is on Instagram at Glow, G-L-O graphics, and I'm at Journey to Launch. So make sure you take that screenshot, tag both of us so we can see that you're listening. And I always love to repost that stuff that showing that you're out there sharing the work that you're learning from this information that you're getting that fuel. So tag me at Journey to Launch and tag at Glow Graphics that you're listening. This podcast is sponsored by DCU, Digital Federal Credit Union. Choosing to bank at a credit union is not only beneficial for your wallet, but for your community too. You can improve your financial health and make a statement with your dollars by choosing where you bank. With the lack of accessibility and trust that most people have with the traditional banking system, Credit unions are a direct solution to leveling the playing field for your banking needs. You're not just another customer at a credit union. You are a member who matters. Also, at DCU, they place an enhanced focus on financial education by offering learning modules on key financial topics like budgeting, saving for the unexpected, building credit, and much more. DCU also offers a secured credit card that helps individuals establish or improve their credit by borrowing securely against their DCU savings account. To learn more, check out dcu.org. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Journeyers, I have a special treat. It's always a special treat, but it's an especially special treat with this conversation that I'm about to bring you. It's been a long time coming. I'm so glad right now that we are going to be speaking to Glow Atanmo on the Journey to Launch podcast. Welcome, Glow. Thank you so much, Jamila. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Like, let's have a bomb conversation. Let's give the people what they want. <laughs> yes. And, you know, so there are some people who will know who you are and there are some people who don't, which is so always surprising to me, like no matter how big someone's platform you think is, right? Like, as I, I know, you know, because you've been around people with larger platforms, like there's still people who have no clue you exist. <laughs> 
And um, but I love that. It's like the discovery. And so I'm really excited for the people who don't know who you are to learn more about you. And then hopefully for the people who kind of know who you are to learn more about your journey to where you are today. And so one of the main reasons, I mean, that I love following your journey, because this is all about the journey, is that you've had so many, many iterations to get to where you are today. So what I want to start with is kind of where you are right now, like in terms of your entrepreneurship life, what you've been able to accomplish, because I think starting there will give a good like focus point and then we can take it back. So Glow, what's up? Like, <laughs> who are you? Like, tell us about your entrepreneurship journey right now. Yeah. So the term or the label, I guess I like to use currently is creative educator. And I find myself changing my Instagram bio every month because I'm like, well, what do you do? Like, come on, I need one word to describe it. And to any multi-hyphenists out there, multi-passionate people, it's okay if your label switches every month because mine does. But right now, creative educator, I'm a founder of the Social Educators Academy, which helps people use social media to make a difference and a living. I'm very missionally driven. I love people or I love attaching myself to people who have missions because I started as a travel blogger, travel influencer who just wanted to get paid to travel. I was like, look, I want to see the world. I want to get paid to do it. And I did that. And I was like, I did the multiple six figure blog. And I was like, okay, let me teach other bloggers how to make money with their travel blog. And I realized a lot of times the end goal stopped there. I was like, okay, like, yeah, we're out here living our best lives, but what are we doing for others? And what's the legacy that comes from this? If all I have to show for is a, a photo of me stunting for the gram, I mean, am I really living in my deepest purpose? And so that's when I really started to pull away and say, okay, how can I help other people use social media in a way where, yes, they can make a living, but also make a difference, attaching themselves to a larger mission. So creative entrepreneur, creative educator, I'll go by either of those, but I love what I do. I just uh, returned from the gr from Grenada and I got a couple more trips planned up. So it's like, we're, it's the, the world is opening back up, depending on pe when people listen to this episode. I mean, travel is, is, is going again and it feels really cool. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think what's most remarkable about your journey is that you actually, you share enough to where you're comfortable sharing, um, which I love because it sets the tone and just an example of other people like myself in this space about how much they can share, but also how much they can hold back, but also the social media aspect, because yes, there's a lot of talk about social media being very toxic and which can be true and you know can overtake our lives but i love i love the way that you frame it to where let's use this for good because this is the new world we're connecting on social media absolutely and i want people to also understand that social media at the end of the day is a free tool and it's done more good than bad and if we constantly look at it as this negative monster like oh the algorithm oh and just all these people just constantly complaining i was like i can't relate social media has given me a living it has allowed me to connect with amazing, creative weirdos around the world. I was like, yo, social media has been, I started my first blog at 11. Social media has been the biggest blessing of my life. No matter what happens, as long as it's free, I don't have the right to complain. And that's how I look at it. Mm. Let's talk about just all the things you've done in terms of the different things you've tried. Because I think I was listening to one of your podcasts, um, episodes, you have a podcast too. So what's shout, shout that podcast out. <laughs> The Glow Show, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Glow Show. And so you talked, uh, I forgot which episode, but you were talking about all the jobs or things you've had, iterations that you've had to get to where you are. And this is important because I know there's journeyers listening. That's the audience. That's what I call my people who listen to this podcast, that they are starting at a point where it's like, well, this is not the true vision I had for myself, but you know, and they're just doing it. And so I want to kind of like show through your example, how many things you've done to get to this probably, and I don't know your like income, but I'm sure multi six figure um, point that you are today. Talk about all the things you've done. If you can remember them, <laughs> all, like I think what eight or nine things like iterations to get you here. Yeah. What's really interesting about this. So I hit seven figures um, annually in revenue seven. for the first time last year, but it wasn't until I dedicated my platform to service. And here's the thing I want people to pick up on. I started 11 years old with a diary blog. I was like, ooh, you can have a corner of the internet that you can call your own. So I talked about cute boys in school and like homework that I didn't like. But I started with that diary blog. Then I had a pop culture blog. That was during the rise of TMZ, 
where it was like cool to talk about celebrities. So toxic. <laughs> then I had a music blog because I really loved, you know, mixtapes and music. We were getting into the era of MP3 players. And yeah, it was just, it was cool to be able to make mixtapes for other people. Um, then I had a sports blog. So talking about sports, I've, I'm a double collegiate athlete. I played basketball and tennis and then semi-pro in Spain uh, for basketball. So I love sports. So I had a sports blog. Then I had an academic blog. When I studied abroad, I was like, yo, there's got to be, there's got to be an avenue where I can just talk about my travels because I was spamming my Facebook feed. I was like, I think I should just have something else. <laughs> and then I had my travel blog. So my travel blog, which earned me multiple six figures over the years, was like my sixth blog. And then it's like, it's literally when I was like, okay, I'm doing all this for myself because we go, we go to iterations and we go to all the things that we do to get where we are. In those moments and in those seasons, I never said, well, I'm committing to doing a sports blog for the rest of my life. I said, no, this is my season. And I'm going to just, I'm going to show up. This is a season for sports. Like I feel excited about that right now. So that's what I'm going to show up and talk about. And I think a lot of us feel so scared to commit because we're like, what if we change? What if in six months, we'll let six months happen and then change, you know? <laughs> so I always allowed myself and I didn't let anyone guilt or shame me for changing my label or my passion at that time. And when I pivoted again to be more of like a business coach, a creative coach, like that was when I had my first seven figure year. I was like, oh, <laughs> literally not, not only is the purpose in service, but the legacy is too, because all the things that I knew and accumulated, cause I was in masterminds, I was reading books. I was just, I was doing the work. And so all the information I had, I was kind of hoarding it. I was building my business. But I saw other travel bloggers struggling, other female entrepreneurs struggling. And I was like, well, you got to create something where you can pass on this wealth of information because you got some of your, your audience who their mothers, they, they got full-time jobs. Like they're busy people. They're not single and childless like you. And you could spend all day uh, being a monk, <laughs> you know? And then like that was, I had that um, privilege of time. And so I was like, okay, how can I codify and package and take just all the best information that I'm learning from, you know, I was investing in like five figure masterminds and just getting in these rooms where it's just a bunch of like rich white people. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this needs to be passed down. Like there's stuff that it's hard for us to access that kind of information. So I was always like, okay, in this next season, in this next level, like I got to find a way to pass this on. But back to your question. <laughs> But it's it's so true that no matter if this is just a season that you're in, but you have to lean into it because the, the things that you're learning right now will be the things that you'll need. It's almost like the video game characters. My kids are now like into that stuff. And like the level one, like they're on level eight, but that level one like challenge, it was a reason they picked up that gem and now they need that gem to defeat, you know, the dragon at level eight. But if they would have just said, oh, I don't need this now, or this is so bad, like, and that I think is life. We have to lean into this stuff right now. That's good, y'all. Jamila just dropped a gem. She said, uh, literally, like, sometimes the gems you pick up on level one, you won't need them till level eight. Ooh, that's good. That's good. But you have to recognize it. And I think this is the awareness. And it's okay if, you know, you've been uh, complaining or not happy or not taking advantage. It's fine. I think that we all go through that. But this awareness level, and I think what you picked up, I mean, even you're like, the way you do your social media, the creativity of it all, I know you, you did graphic design, the way you tell stories, all that helps you now in your current business that you had to learn through all the other things you did. Absolutely. And I remember when I was hustling, so I was living on $10 a day for those who don't know about my travel blogging years, but influencer marketing, it wasn't an industry in 2013. You weren't getting paid by brands. Like if anything, like they were like laughing in your face, like why would we ever pay you Come on, like we got million dollar budgets. We're doing the magazines, we're doing the billboards, we're doing commercials on TV. That's what people, that's what gets people influenced. Little did they know, you know the influencer marketing industry, what is it now? A billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry per year. Like it's, it's insane. But back then, because I was young and scrappy and trying, I was 22 when I took my first international trip to the UK. And I'm just like, yo, I, I'm good at social media. Like I grew up in the era of Xanga and Tumblr and Blogspot. Like I've used every social media, of course, MySpace, but I had used every social media platform for the last decade. I was like, I know there's a way to like benefit a company for this. So I would walk into hostels and like knowing I got like maybe $2 to my, in my pocket, $2 to my name. I can't even withdraw from the ATM. You can't withdraw $2, girl. <laughs> I remember those days where I was like, man, I can't even make an online transaction because I ain't got nothing in my account. 
So I'd walk into these hostels. I'd be maybe in Spain or Germany. It would be an international hostel. Maybe it's only like 12 bucks a night as well for a bed, but still 12 bucks I didn't have. So I'd very confidently walk in and just go straight to reception and just like, oh, is the manager in? Or, oh, are, are you working tonight? Or, you know, what, whatever the deal is. But I learned how to communicate and negotiate on the spot because I was like, in that moment, Glow, if you showed your desperation, fear, or anxiety about not having a place to sleep for the night, like that, that, that shows people feel desperation. And, you know, we could talk about this a little bit later on, but that same, the, the sales tactics that come off as like urgent and like false scarcity and desperate, like people feel that, you know? So I learned how to maintain this level of equilibrium. Like, Hey, you know, I, I noticed, you know, I was walking and, and I saw your social media. I, I noticed your Instagram hasn't been updated in a year. Like, I would love to help with that. You know, I have a marketing background. Here's my social media page. And I would just show them my followers and the level of quality of my photos. And I'd be like, well, let me just stay for a couple nights and just, you know, train staff. Maybe I can get someone. I'm like, maybe just, just give me a bed for the night. Like, just casual. Like, I'll just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm casually, I'm in town. Like, I would make it as almost so indifferent. Like, I just happen to be passing by. Well, do you have, do, do you by chance have like a bed for, is there an open bed or an open room? I'm like, hey, how about for the next week I run your social media, you just give me a bed. Like that, that's it. And because it's it's not a loss for them because no one was sleeping there anyway. But I just learned how to get real savvy and negotiate on the spot. And I also had to learn how to have a humble spirit. Because imagine if I was like, Oh, I know my worth, you're gonna pay me X amount for social media management. Excuse me. I was like, No, Glow, like you need them more than they need you. Check yourself. And I think that level of entitlement is something that's missing in today's era. Like I try to tell my students and clients, like, I want to get you paid so bad. I want you to build your portfolio, but I need you to understand that like you're one in a million. There's a lot of people out there. If you come to the table talking about run me my check and like attitude of entitlement that you deserve a company's money, they're not going to pay you. When you start off with that humble spirit in the beginning as well, like you'll get paid even more than what you think you're worth in the long run. Yeah, it's a long game. And, you know, I get this. And there is a, you know, trend now about know your worth and, you know, raise your price and charge your price. And I get it. Um, but I do think you have to have the confidence, not not the entitlement. Like, I don't mind the entitlement as much like inner entitlement, but the confidence to because you can be saying all that and not believe it. And it's going to show in your work. It's going to show people will just pick that up. Here's what I want to pick up from what you just said about creating opportunities for yourself, because essentially I think that is such a powerful thing. And I always tell people uh, you have to be able to see the opportunities because there's someone who's in your position or who was in your position, doesn't have the money, passes a hotel or a hostel. And it's just like, that's it. I can't do anything about this. And I think the most powerful gift you can have is the one to create opportunities, self-generating like energy and opportunities. And I feel like just hearing you talk and then even knowing how far you've come, you just heard her say, everyone, she didn't have like $2 in her bank account. And now like she's earning seven figures is that you have to continually be able to recognize the opportunities and be ready for them. Because if you didn't have a social media account already, when you walked in there, you couldn't have had that as an like option. <laughs> That's such a gem as well, because people, people want to start doing the work when the opportunity comes. But because I was doing the work before people were paying me, like I was documenting my travels. I was taking photos with tree stumps as a tripod. And like, I didn't have a fancy camera. I had my phone. I used what I had. I think a lot of times we also look at like, oh, well, when I can afford the best camera, then I'll get it. I had a smartphone, Wi-Fi, and a laptop. I already felt like I was in the, well, I not only felt, but I was in the top what 5% of wealthiest people in the world, just by having those resources. We take for granted how much we actually have at the palm of our hand. And I was like, okay, this phone, you look, Samsung Galaxy S2, that's what I had back then. <laughs> it's going to do the work. It's going to get me through, okay? And I made it work. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a big change. I don't know, how long did it take for you to get to from, if you could think about the $2 in your bank account to seven figures, how, how many years was that time span? gosh, let's look at six figures first, because that was the first goal I set for myself. Six figures as a 22 year old felt so lofty. I was like, six figures is also taunted as like, or toted around as like this, like, that was the elusive path. If you can make a six figure income, like that was, you've made it. And now we look at six figures, you know, no offense. It's like, oh, (laughs) you know. Right. As Rachel Rogers would say, it's not enough. (laughs) Right. (laughs) After taxes, you're like, wait, actually, this ain't it. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. So my first goal was to make six figures. So I would say from 2013, my first six figure year was 2016. So it took me three years to hit that six figure mark. And then from 2016, it was almost like I doubled. Then I had a quarter million, then I had half a million, and then eventually my first million dollar year. Okay. So here's the thing, right? Because I always like to say there's a difference between your business making six figures and seven figures versus you bringing home as your paycheck what you live on. Because there's that, you know, there's expenses, there's taxes, there's all these other things. So I know you're like a very lean operation. You know, you said before we recorded, like, it's just me, you're doing all the work, which I'm just like, how is she doing all this? Like, she needs help. But how do you equate that? Because there's one thing about your business doing well, but how do you deal with your personal finances and the income increase that you've had? I love this. And I think this quote changed my life forever. I I heard it a while ago, but they were saying, every time you level up your income, you cannot level up your lifestyle yet. Give it a year. Give it a year before you level up your lifestyle. And I'm so glad that that quote stuck with me because had I started spending like a a multiple six-figure earner, seven-figure earner before I had a year of earning that, I think I probably would have gone just like F the money off. And even Kevin Hart talks about like anyone who comes into money after not having much money, you have F off money because you just don't know. (laughs) You're so careless with it. And I remember the first expense where I looked at where I was like, was that smart? Was I was going over my finances. I think it was like 2017. I spent over $30,000 on other people's food. And I was like, glow. Because I would track the times I would take people out or like I was in the city because I'm traveling and I'm always meeting up with people. And every time I meet up with someone, I cover the bill. I'm like, oh, you know, you get to tell me stories about your culture. Let me cover. So I'm doing 20 party people, 10 party people, but I'm hosting all these dinners over, over, you know, several months. And I was like $30,000 on food that like you probably spent a thousand was probably for you, but 29 K. And I had to, I'm glad I had that moment. Two things came into perspective. One, I loved spending money on other people. Like I didn't feel regret from that because I was like the stories, the memories, the friendships that were bonded in those dinners, that was worth it. And I was like, if this is as careless as I'll be with money, I'll take that. Growing up poor, you can't be materialistic because you can't afford any of the materials. And so I bought my first pair of Jordans last summer because and I literally, when I made that million milestone, it was like around August when I did a million for the year. I was like, oh, how do I celebrate this? What do I do? You know, it was another day. I took a shower. I took a dump. Everything was the same. I was like, don't let the people fool you. Nothing changes when it comes. But I was like, no, girl, you need to celebrate this moment. Because I think high achievers, we don't celebrate ourselves enough. I was like, okay, I'm buying myself a pair of Jordans because growing up, I could never afford them. So I bought me the J's. I was like, oh, this feels good. But like, once I got the J's, I was like, okay, cool. Now what? <laughs> like, it was, I needed something to symbolize the, the milestone, but I never got attacked. Like, I don't own like 30 pairs of Jordans. I was like, let me get the one pair. And I was like, okay, cool. I just needed something to symbolize it, but I never fell into the materialistic trap. So when you talk about like profit margins, I think that was big for me. And I would hire contractors and vendors, you know, even hosting my first conference in Puerto Rico. I did an international summit um, in Puerto Rico, six, a hundred people from six continents flew in. And that was like, I didn't have any sponsors for that. So I paid 150,000 to put, to make that happen. I was just like, you know, and now I think that was probably my biggest expense just business wise. And sorry, did you make any money from that for, for the ticket sales? You know, and here's the thing, Jamila, I've I've always been someone where it's people over profit for me. The reason I can have like right now, my my highest offer um, is 30K and I have a 10K mastermind where people I can fly to someone's city. They pay me 10K for a weekend. Like I can have those offers and people I just got a booking yesterday. People will pay that because of like the way that I've shown up in the past. And so when I invest that 150K, of course, I've budgeted maybe 60,000. So of course I was 90,000 short of like, Ooh, okay, this is okay. I'm emptying that out. I'm emptying that out. And I remember when I went from having a goal of having a six figure income to a six figure savings. So I had the savings. It was just kind of like overwhelming to have to like drain that much out at once. But I, I will say this, there's nothing that I've done where I was like, Ooh, it didn't make money. So it doesn't make sense. Nah, for me, it's like, I'm building up credibility. I'm also building up a portfolio. I'm building the experience. Here's what wealth does. And here's what money does, because people don't understand this sometimes. Money allows you the opportunity to make mistakes. I can't just 
do something if I don't have the money to play with money. So I've done things in the past where I'm like, oh, I learned from that. That cost me $30,000, but I learned. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes you need that experience to like be a better equipped entrepreneur. So now I would say I'm like financially savvy and smart with my money and got a portfolio and diversified, you know, options and all of that came with time. But I think back then I was just, I was so excited to just be when you're living in your dream and you have so much alignment and you're getting paid to travel, I'm still doing five and six figure brand deals, you know, getting paid to travel. And I felt like it was, there was hardly room for me to complain about like what I was doing one month to the next. But then when I started having recurring six figure months, that's when I was like, okay, it's time to start building out a team. It's it's time to start figuring out what the next move is. Because here's another thing, Jamila, people don't talk about this, but like, it's harder to maintain success than it is to become a success. And I've been like, okay, I did that first hurdle. I climbed that first mountain. Once you climb that first mountain, you can't stay at the summit. You can't just be like, oh, we here. What's up? We made it. You better climb back down and find a new one to climb. Because if you stay at that same mountain too long, you're going to plateau. You're going to miss out on areas of growth. You're not going to be spotlighting your weaknesses. And I realized as a travel blogger, okay, made it. I can't stay here. Okay, create the travel blogging course. Okay, okay, create the business coaching. Okay, create the luxury retreats. Okay, run the international summit. Start the academy. I had to start like climbing new mountains because I was like, this is easy now. And no fulfillment and easy for me at least. Well, so there's so many things. I was taking some notes because I wanted to come back to this. So you just talked about a few things. Let's go with the money allows you to make mistakes. And that's so true. That's This is why it's so important to have a, like a safety net and launch pad so that, you know, you're not putting up money that if you lost it, you're done. It's a detriment to you. But also what I find is that there are times, even, you know, myself, where I'm making bigger investments or taking bigger risks. And it's like, it's a big part of my portfolio or savings, but it's something that I need to do. And I, I talk about like gifts and in, internal wealth and power. And the idea that you can take some of these risks and sometimes you don't have like the backup, right? But I know so many people who have just gone on faith, gone on their inner trust about what they can do. And they've been able to like transcend maybe like the next level because they were okay with losing something that was bigger than themselves, right? Losing the security. And I just, I think for a lot of people who are not there yet, who are not at six figures or seven figures, who are still working in a job that they don't love, it's going to require them to take some risk and to invest and to spend money in, in, on things. And some people can't fathom like that. But I know when I started investing in myself, like and paying for the coaching or programs, or the, that's when I started to see success, more success. And so I just feel like that is just a, just a call that, yes, money allows you to make mistakes, but sometimes you have to be willing to make the mistakes and lose the money because there's a lesson in all of it. <laughs> that part. Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade as a side hustle so that you can reach your money goals, like paying off debt, traveling the world, buying a house, and helping you fuel you to financial independence? I've got a special treat for you. I've teamed up with my friend, Terry Igioma of the Trade and Travel course so that she can help better educate you on what trading is, what day trading is, what swing trading is, if it's right for you to learn how to do this to get into it. Now you can get this free training by going to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. That's journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. And in the training, it's a video or audio training that you can get on demand. You'll learn more about Terry Igioma, how she transitioned from her nine to five to being a full-time entrepreneur and traveling the world, how trading allowed her to buy her dream house in the cash, the different types of trading, long-term investing, short-term investing, day trading, swing trading, how to trade as a form of income to pay off debt, save and supplement your income. And then of course, who should take Terry's course? We're going to talk about this, a trade and travel course, because this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is something you have to put time and energy into learning. So we cover all of that and you can get that right now by going to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training to get the training right now for free. Journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. And the, the lessons that you remember most are the ones that you paid for. Like, ooh, that cost me 20000 Never doing that again. <laughs> right, right. 
Yeah, the lessons you remember most. Go ahead and write it down. I see you. The lessons you remember most are the ones that you pay for. And I remember <laughs> my very first blog, the slogan, or my very first travel blog, the slogan was professional risk taker. Because nothing about my journey was safe. I left the U.S. with $500 in my bank account on a one-way ticket to the U.K. I was like, I'm going to make this work. <laughs> There's no backup plan. My mom, Nigerian, Gloria, go and get your master's degree. Okay, you can still, you have time to be a doctor. If not a doctor, you can still be a lawyer. Okay, because this is safe. Sacrificed my life to come to America. Guilt trip. All my life. Got the guilt trip story. And for the first 20 years, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. My mom, you know, she needs me to be a doctor. Like, she sacrificed everything. And I was like, the two can coexist. I can be grateful for her sacrifices and still recognize the newness of opportunity at my feet. And we have had a strained relationship for the last decade. We currently are in a season where we're not talking because she still is like waiting for the day that I'll come to my senses and be a doctor. (laughs) Mm. So for her, it's, I mean, this is, and I'm just not singling her out, but is it's like the label versus like the money. So even though I don't know if she's aware, but like, even though you have the money and the success and the notoriety, you know, um, for her, that's not, it's a title that matters. Because the title comes with social status back home. Because, you know, I have family back in Nigeria. And for them, all that means wealth is Nigeria or doctor, lawyer, engineer. Like, that's wealth to them. You tell them, oh, yeah, my daughter's a blogger. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, does it matter that you're doing well? If they don't know what being a blogger means, if it hasn't had that global recognition of, like, fame or notoriety, power, whatever, it means nothing to them. So for her, it's more of like, you know, at the end of the day, we all want to feel valued and cherished and feel like we're doing a good job. So she feels like a failure as a parent, bringing her kids all the way to America and they can't become doctors or lawyers. Mm, Yeah, that's deep. And I know so many people have gone through that, especially uh, people, uh, children of immigrants. Like that is like education is really key because it is the, you know, way out and the safety net or the safe thing that they want us to do. But I'm so glad that you followed your own um, passion and you're still following that because I know someone needs to probably hear that. They are following what their parents want them to do and it's not what they want to do at all. And so it's empowering when you see other people living their full lives out. Now, the other thing you said, and I wonder if this is a, you talk about being overachievers. We don't give ourselves enough credit. I can say I'm guilty of that too. You talked about getting and climbing new summits. Do you think even though that's great because it pushes you. Like I was thinking about Simone Biles and how like, you know, she's like, I forgot on how many world titles now and has not lost a competition she has entered. And I think I saw something to what she says, I go back to the next practice. This is not that she didn't say it was nothing, but she was just like, I'm on to the, like, I got to practice now for the next thing. Do you think also like the whole, when you get comfortable, you're good at something, like giving yourself new challenges is also a kind of way to make your life, I don't want to say harder, but you're, you're almost not enjoying the success you have because you now need a new challenge. Is that like also detrimental to your mental or emotional health in some ways? Do you, do you find that? This is layered. This is so good. I love that you asked this because when I don't feel like I'm achieving or striving towards something else, I feel like I'm internally dying. Like for, for some, some of us, it's a, it's a matter of like (laughs) that hunger. We need that to live. (laughs) If I wake up and I'm not working towards something, I'm like, why am I waking up? Okay, God, I'm ready. Like, take me. If I'm, if I stop, like God has given me all the, all these gifts, this privilege of life. And I'm just sitting cozy and comfortable. Like for me, I would feel just like I would, I might as well implode. And that's the way I'm wired. I think a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs might just be wired that way, where if we don't figure out what our next thing is, we're just going to self implode. And yes, it does come with its own toxic cycle of mental health issues. And I think my seasonal depression comes around the end of every year, November, December, it hits hard. And maybe that comes from, of course, you know, having a strained relationship with my mother, not being home for the holidays, seeing everyone with family, that, that doesn't help. But also I think I look at the year and I'm like, I look at all the things I wasn't able to accomplish rather than celebrate like, oh, glow, these wins, years wrapping up, you know, big up yourself. No, I'm like, dang, I missed the mark here. Didn't finish the book. You know, and I think I, I get really hard on myself. And so I just spiral a little bit. So yeah, mental health has been a struggle. Therapy has been a blessing. Daily devotionals, reading, staying prayed up and journaling. Um, those are like my just mental wholeness uh, practices. But that's such a great question. Because yes, it's like, it's a blessing and a curse. 
it's hard. Like sometimes I even find myself like if I have no- nothing to do, which is like really th- that I have nothing to do. But like let's just say I'm not super busy. I'm just like I gotta create something. I gotta create and find. And I'm like, and then I know people are just like sit down, like just relax. Like you can just sit down and relax for the next thirty minutes without trying to think that you should be doing something or creating something. I think it's really interesting because I think we're all wired differently, but then there are a lot of similarities maybe between us. I think that's what connects us as humans. But oftentimes like in the financial independence, retire early space. So I kind of talk a lot about that. And I've, I've moved away from, you know, some of the, I guess, standard talk. You know, I do believe in working. And even if I reach my financial independence number, I'm still going to work. Maybe my work looks a little different. Maybe how I work looks different, but I still want to contribute. But I also know people who I've had on the podcast who literally they're or who are listening to this right now. And it's like, it's good you want to work. But when I reach my $2 million investment portfolio, whatever that looks like for them, I just want to chill. And I feel like, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's fine too. So I find, or what do you think of this idea of what happens once you reach your mark? And for you, it sounds like your mark will always move forward. Like, I don't know if you set a mark. (laughs) but The moving mark? The moving target? (laughs) You know, that's so dope. And I I had a friend tell me that as well about like, I can't wait to never have to use social media again. Like, I can't wait to never have to post another, you know, photo again. I was like, ooh. (laughs) Because for me, the creation process, that again, that keeps me alive. And I think I've accepted that I'm never truly gonna retire And for a very brief period, I tried it. When I hit my mark and my money was making money, I was like, okay, let me, let me see what it's like to take three months off. I maybe lasted like by day 40, I was like itching. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta gotta create, I gotta post, I gotta coach. It it was a problem. And I realized my glow, you're not, you've got so much inside you. You're meant to constantly be putting stuff out there. But you also, in a way, have reached the goal, which is you're living the life that you want to live so much that the money, even if you had all of it, it doesn't matter. Like you're still doing what you would do every day anyway. What I would love is that for people who without the money is that they're living that life. They're working in that way. Even if they can't do it full time, it's doing it on the side. They're still like living in this place of just joy and contribution so that way even if they hit the mark they're aware of it but they're just like that's cool but like i have like i'm living life there's more to do that's it and i think in my 20s i sacrificed the time to make the money and now i'm I'm 31 now now i'm sacrificing the money to to buy back my time and the the way the offers come in like my my, my social media is like i mean it's it it blew up i got 200,000 followers last summer from the george floyd you know, I just stepped in and started doing ally education. So from that point on, like every single morning is at least five offers. And these are like five figure offers of just like, you know, some six figure contracts, but just like, I turn down money every single day. Cause for me, I'm just like, I know what having money is like. I, d- I no longer need that. I want the freedom first. And again, I had to work towards that. Like I didn't sleep. I didn't eat well. I didn't have a healthy like lifestyle in my twenties. Cause I was so scrappy. Like whatever I got to do to survive. I was literally living to afford next, next week. People are like, Glow, where are you going to be? I'm like, I don't know, wherever I can afford. I might be at the hospital working and then I see a train to Poland for $5 or for five euros. I'm going to take that, see what opportunities are there. But I was building up my travel blog portfolio because here's the thing. If I was trying to be a travel blogger, I couldn't stay in Spain or in Germany or in France. I had to keep Building up like, all right, y'all, I'm in Slovenia, I'm in Slovakia, I'm in Bulgaria, I'm in Turkey. I had to build up the fact that like, oh, wait, no, this chick travels like she's out there. And that took a lot of like, let me see what opportunities I can find, you know, in this next country, in this next place and pitching my way and negotiating my way through different just jobs on the road. But it sounds so good to hear, you know, like there was a season of work and struggle um, and not that. So I, I always go back to two like. I don't always like to glorify like the struggle part. Like um, I do think that we inherently deserve money and happiness. I think there's so much of it. I know now that you get so many offers, you see how much money is like these companies or just people in general have in the world that it flows. Cause I know someone like needs to hear this right now that they're not earning as much as they want. It is a struggle. And then to hear someone like you go through that. And now you're at the point where you're turning down things. Like you're just like, you know what? It's not worth it. I think shows is a testament to, the work that it takes a little bit to get to where you are, but also that it's okay to say, no, now I got to backtrack a little bit. 
is it okay? Because some people are like, well, that means should I say yes in my season of struggle or my season of working hard? Do I need to say yes to everything? Things that I'm not excited about that I don't want to do because I want to get to the level glow is. Or would you say you would have started turning down things earlier to get to where you are? Could you have still been in the same place? Oh, that's so good. I want to make a quick note to the power of turning things down now is that I don't just turn it down. I now put people on. And that's such a beautiful place to be because I'm sure there were people that were shouting my praises in rooms that I didn't have access to. And they were the reason that I got some of the gigs. So now it's a blessing to not even be selfish about the opportunities. I'm like, ooh, me turning this down gives another Black creator an opportunity to build their portfolio. Like, it's dope to feel that way. You just have different seasons of priorities. Back then, my priority was I, I needed money to survive. And my coach, Brendan Burchard, always says, you need the money to sustain the mission and the message. I could not sustain what I was trying to build without funds. And, you know, having having this bird's eye approach now being like, okay, now I got time to actually figure out what is the message that I want to sustain? What is the mission that I want to attach myself to? And that applies whether you're not an entrepreneur. I have some people who are just like, that's not their thing. They don't want to do that, but they're in a job right now and it is to pay the bills. But it's like they're doing that so they can get to the point where then maybe they can have a better leverage or position to get another job or start another career. But yes, you have to remember the season you're in. If you need to pay the bills, you need to pay the bills. <laughs> the quickest path to financial freedom is literally downgrading your life. And a lot of people don't want to hear that or do that. But if I had in my early days, if I used every bit of income to flex and like upgrade my, my I don't know, my wardrobe, I was shopping, not shopping. I was trading my clothes in thrift shops. Like if I was being flown from Hawaii to Finland, I was like, Oof, I don't got no winter clothes. So I'll go to a thrift shop somewhere or I don't have any summer clothes. I'll go to a thrift shop in Finland and I'll just bring them a bag of clothes. Say, hey, is there anything you can give me for this? And again, that, that level of like, there's a little bit of shamelessness and humility that comes with like these ass. Like they could turn me away and be like, get out of here, homeless chick. Like, what do you, <laughs> you know? And I, I've been called some things and I've experienced racism on the road. But I always knew what I was building and I always knew who was protecting and covering me. And I was like, man, God, if this is your will, if I'm meant to be doing this, just just sustain me. I, I went days without eating. I lived on bread and butter for months, bread and butter for months. I always was like, God, I feel like you're putting me on something big. Like, let me just I feel like I'm in the right season. Even when my mom was like, give up, give up. It's, it's not working. You're not it's not working because I never was going to admit to her how broke I was. I was never going to give her the gratification of knowing that I was struggling. And that was hard because, you know, you have friends that just have a bailout easy. Like, oh, they need a hundred bucks. You've always got your mom and pops to call. My dad passed away when I was 22. My mom, I was never going to give her that, that satisfaction. Yeah. So you had to become that for yourself, it seems. It's like your own safety net. Yeah. <laughs> I just think there's so many takeaways, hopefully, for people right now listening, whether you're on an entrepreneurship journey, you have a side hustle that you're working on and or you're just in a corporate career. Just it shows you just everything that you've been through that you're going to go through is literally like building blocks for your thing, whatever that is. But it sounds like at the end of the day, what drives you is like your mission now. It's like uh, giving and serving in a way, though, that earns you money. So let's talk a little bit about that how you can serve and earn good money. Because I think sometimes, and maybe it's me and just like some of the things that I see, it's just like, oh, but it should be free. Like, or money is not a good tool depending on who has it, which can be true. And I want to always switch the conversation to like the more money we have, the better we can do. And you know what? I deserve to get paid well for providing and doing and giving. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit more about like how you view money um, as a tool and how you think it helps when more people have it. Absolutely. And I saw this the other day by someone, Erin um, On Demand is her Instagram. And she was talking about how she was so thankful that her webinar did so well. And I was like, I saw the way she did it. It was so servant driven and servant leadership is a core value of mine. And I, I put a comment on her post. I was like, service leads to sales. And if more people can recognize that, they'd be more generous in the way they position their offering. But I think so many people are like, nope, Pay me if you want any type of access to me. And I'm, I was very open about this. And I got some, some flack on Twitter, but I was like, if you only want to help people that can pay you, check your heart. Because the amount of people that have done YouTube videos, podcasts like yours that have served me in seasons where I didn't have anything to, to invest, my goodness, I wouldn't be where I am today. I needed those, 
those free articles and those free YouTube videos to just get me going. And then when I had the funds to invest, I would go back to them like, oh, I remember when they, they helped me out with that YouTube video really hooked me up, you know, but like, I'm not, I show up and I give and I serve and I teach and I educate so freely because I'm not doing it for money. I know that people who want to go deeper, there's a program for that. But like in general, I want to help people. Like if we all use our gift to free and liberate and educate this world, we would just make it a better place. But some people just hoard their information. And again, that scarcity mentality shows that you probably don't know enough. Because if you think that like, if I give out too much, people won't pay for it. I'm like, read a book then. It means you don't know enough. (laughs) Because I'm a, look, I can give a 10 hour sermon for free and still have 10 hours left of more stuff that I haven't talked about. Like the way my brain is set up, I've got endless nuggets because of the books I've read, the courses I've taken, just the way my path has been laid out. I've gone through so much. I'll, I'll always have something to teach, you know? So if people feel like they don't have enough. It's like, it's time to go back to the books and read and be a student again. Yeah. And it's such a good way to check yourself because maybe you are doing that. We all can make even small decisions. Like, is it from a scarcity place? Is it because if you're not giving this because you think you won't have more, you think negatively of the outcome versus just, you know, letting the outcome be. And so I think that that is beautiful and that hopefully encourages people to give, create great content to even in your just everyday lives is to give that compliment, (laughs) you know, give whatever that is. Some things are free, like, you know, even free for you to give. It's just maybe a little energy, Um, you know, maybe get stepping out of your comfort zone to like say hello to someone first. It's like little things like that for me. I'm like, okay, because typically I would say to myself, I match people's energy which is not always a good thing because some people are also like that. And then we just looking at each other and not matching energies because you think maybe whatever. And so I'm trying to be more the person that creates the energy like in the room. So I don't have to wait for the person to be nice and smile and say, hi, I could do that. But that's free. That energy is like, I don't know. I just think that all like relates to our lives and just the day-to-day quality of it, which then leads to the overall journey. Thousand percent. I love that. And and honestly, if there's one like single takeaway that I want people to have that are listening is to remember that every single obstacle is an opportunity. And every time I was faced with a challenge, like literally I catapulted, like once I overcame that challenge, I felt like I was catapulted to a new stratosphere. So it's almost like that test of like, okay, glow, if you can overcome this, wait for the blessings in store. You know, I feel like God, he's funny about the way he blesses us, you know? (laughs) Like, you're like, really? Okay, you want to do it that way? All right, fine, let's do it. (laughs) But that testimony, man, it's powerful. And there's nothing that people can bring shame about. Like, the reason I I call it where I leak my own bad news, where, like, you can't shame me for being poor because I already talked about it. So what up? (laughs) You know, what's up? I, there's nothing that I have shame around in my story because I needed to go through that season. And God, God always, he puts us through things in order to build us up for the next season of elevation. So I feel very blessed and honored for those, those seasons of like the trials and yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is beautiful. So Glow, what is next for you? Tell us about anything coming up we should be looking out for. And then especially where we can follow you, keep up with your beautiful work. Yeah. So actually YouTube is going to be a big focus point this year. So you can find me Glow Atanmo on YouTube. Of course, Glow Graphics on Instagram, G-L-O Graphics. But I'm working on a lot of video-based content to put out potentially a travel lifestyle show. So it's a show that showcases, you know, a Black woman. It's like not drama filled, nope, not reality TV driven, but just like wholesome black travel content of what it's like to build a lifestyle around travel, what it's like to be a black woman experiencing other cultures around the world. So I'm excited about that. And that's kind of like a passion project. Like I'm, I'm investing like tens of thousands of dollars into building that up to hopefully uh, pitch to a network one day. So, Oh, I could totally see that. I could totally see that on Netflix and travel channels. So I see it for you. Yeah. But other than that, I, I still uh, run my, the Social Educators Academy. So I, I just, I'm finishing up cohort one and I have two more cohorts uh, launching in the summer and the fall. And my sister is in your, uh, your class. So I think it's amazing. Shayna? Shayna. Yeah, Shayna. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait, you look like her. As soon as you said my sister, I was like, it has to be Shayna. Shut up. What a Shayna. Yes. And I'm so happy for her because she, you know, she is, 
very creative. She has all these things she wants to do. She's helping me with Journey to Launch a little bit now, but I know she wants to spread her wings and do her own thing. So it's beautiful to see how much she's learning from you and implementing and just seeing her growth. So I just love it. <laughs> I cannot. Oh, that just makes me so happy. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah, y'all look alike. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and your podcast and just Instagram before we head out. Yeah, so my podcast is The Glow Show. Check me out there for entrepreneurship, travel, and faith. And um, yeah, Instagram, Glow Graphic. Um, Instagram, Straight Flexing. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much, Glow, for this. This was amazing. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation with Glow. I hope it gave you the further fuel that you need to help get you to that next stage of your journey. As you've heard, Glow went through so many iterations of a career and having a blog. And I love, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't think beforehand about the levels and, you know, you get like gems in one level as I was referring to video games that you'll need in level eight when I was referring to my kids, but just life in general. There are so many things you are going through right now, so many skills, so many obstacles that you may be facing that I'm telling you, once you can get the opportunities, once you can see this moment for you for what it is, is that then when you are at the next level, you can reach back and take these lessons and then use it to get you to the next level. But all the while still really enjoying your journey. While I know we do a lot of forward looking about the lives we wanna have, I really want you to be present in the life that you have now. This is the life we have now, it's not promised. And I really want you to create lives that you don't need to retire from. I want you to be able to be happy with and without the money, but of course with the money, but to do good work, work that doesn't feel like work. And so that's my goal for all of you. So I really hope this podcast episode blessed you like it blessed me. Also, again, if you enjoyed something, if there was a big aha moment for you or just something that stood out that you liked, tag me at Journey to Launch and Glow Graphics at Glow Graphics on Instagram. Take that screenshot of you listening so that we can see that you're listening. All right. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here, so show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.